Ain't nothing out here. Welcome back to another episode, Relationships, Love, Life, and How to Navigate the Hard Work of Worthwhile Togetherness. We're back again, uh, two favorite brothers on the subject of love and happiness. So glad to be back with you. So this is a unique um, conversation, bro. Uh, and this is actually one you introduced, having tough conversations, tough dialogue. Um, and I got to admit up front, Everything that I'm about to say is couched in the fact that I don't do it well. I'm not somebody who likes controversy or conflict. I'm willing to get into it, um, but I'm not somebody who likes it or embraces it or looks forward to it. Are you somebody who is is comfortable with things being uncomfortable? That's a very interesting question. And yeah. I would say that I, too, struggle with um, crucial conversations, yeah. tough conversations um, in my personal life. Um, because I think in my personal life, I, um, you know, I, I'm, how can I say this? I don't want, I'm, how can I say this? I am, I struggle in my personal life because I don't, words hurt, right? Right. And and sometimes when you're having tough conversations, particularly when you don't have an opportunity to, to think things through, yeah. um, you can't take back those words. So, you know, I just I I learned in therapy that just because you want to talk about something right now doesn't mean I have to. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's how I get through um, tough conversations. Let's talk about point number one. How do you set the mood for tough topics. And I find at least in my, my partnership, my relationship, the toughest thing that we have fortunately uh, or unfortunately is usually not stuff that could, that could break you up. Right. So it's not infidelity. It's not, um, you know, we're going bankrupt It's usually something with children um, that I know is going to stress my partner out. Uh, it's something, you know, with profession, you know, we got to make a big, big decision about a professional thing. Um, yeah. And it's one of those things that, that what makes it tough is that it could go over multiple days. We're different in that I can find solution and be resolved once we get to the finish line. And my partner is so, one where the yeah, the thing may be resolved, but I still my partner will still feel it for, you know, some time. So. So I guess the so the question so I guess my question is does that mean that you have to process it twice you have to process process the conversation through the lens of how you feel and then you have to continue to process it through the lens of how it makes your partner feel that's correct and so hmm. it, it, it it's also and it's funny how industry what you do for a living also influences the way you communicate. Um, mm-hmm. and you know what both me and my partner do for a living. I'm in, I'm in communications. My partner's in mental health. So my partner's all about processing however long that takes, however long it requires to work through something. I'm in communications. So, there's a beginning, there's a middle, there's an end. <laughs> and, and that, all, that doesn't always jive, right? But you're right. Like for, for me, I have to think beginning, middle, end. And then I have to think, okay, now how is how is this going to resonate with my partner and how do I prepare myself for the ways that's going to happen? So I will say that is interesting, layered. Yeah. 
and require significant unpacking, right? <laughs> right. Um, it's interesting because it shows that conversations in order to be effective have to be, um, you can't, you can't encroach um, a significant conversation not understanding the type of person that you are connected to. That's correct. If you do, then that means that you're setting, you may be setting yourself up for failure. That's what I'm hearing you say. Right. Um, before the conversation even begins. Right. So what I'm hearing you say is when I'm talking to my partner, right, I have to be prepared for it to move through the conversation cycle. That's right. Whatever form that takes. I, okay. So, so, so great. Right. So I know for me in my relationship, um, so, so we have, you know, um, so I am, you know, I work public safety. Yeah. Um, my, my partner is in the sciences mm -hmm. in the sciences. So, you know, my way of talking and their way of talking, two different ways of talking. Right. Yep. Um, I will say, we, I am a process thinker, process talker. Um, so when I have an issue, well, before I even bring the issue to uh, my partner's attention, I am going to mill over there a little bit to figure out the best way to present the information. Mm -hmm. um, because I want to, A, make sure that I'm not stupid and in my feelings. Right? <laughs> um, I, I think that, like, realistically speaking, you, you got to, parse it um, internally because sometimes we in our feelings, yo, and if we in our feelings, then how the fuck we gonna answer how we're going to be in a position You can't to effectively do it, exactly. open right. to have a healthy conversation. That's right. Right? So you got to internally parse it through um, yourself and then we have a conversation, right? Yeah. And depending on how heavy the fucking conversation is, we got to do a couple of things. Like, I said that I was never going to have an argument in my home. So we don't, me and my partner don't argue in the house. Mm, interesting. We, we, we go out to, we take a walk, we go to the park, but we go someplace where we're standing on soil and we're having a conversation because I believe that that transferring of energy mm. really matters. Wow. Right. Okay. So if you are in your home, which is your sacred space, and we've spoken about the value of being in the house. And we're having a heated conversation. Where is that energy going? That's so it's fascinating because we we carry on from level to level in the house. <laughs> it's go it's gonna start in the kitchen. This don't may wind up in the bedroom. I I may follow right. you into the into the doggone closet. <laughs> right, right. So so, but for me, right, yeah. the practice that we've established, yeah, it works for us, right, and it also the fresh air. Um, you know, I think the, the, the other sensory factors allow you not to dwell on the little things and you can kind of sort of see the bigger picture and then start asking questions to drill in on a smaller point. That's right? a word, bro. So for me, that works for my, me and my family. Yeah. Um, I've, I've shared this with some other people and the feedback that I've gotten has been very fruitful. It's been just as fruitful for them as it is for us. I believe it. So, so that's what I would suggest, 
Um, well, that's what I say when it comes down to beginning the framework for a serious conversation. Mm-hmm. When, so, you, when in setting it up, you talked mm-hmm. about, the, you know, if y'all are going to argue, that's everybody knows that that's the agreed upon method. Now, what mm-hmm. if it's something where you have to disclose bad news about something? And it could be anything. Ooh, I, um, how do you how I, do you set it up for that? I, I, I still think that, you know, not being in the house is important. Mm-hmm. Um, it does two things, you know. It it prevents your partner from being super ratchet. Yep. Um, and then it also gives you the the fresh air to really woosah before you start to to to, to share um, something significant. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that. Um, Again, it goes back to this notion of, you know, like this whole, you know, in my mind, it's this energy piece, right? Yeah. I don't want to jack up the equilibrium of my home. Mm. So foundationally, I'm going to, ooh, babe, I got something. You know, how you doing? How you feeling? Can we go for a walk? Uh, Let's go, you know, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And then I'm just going to pull the scab and say, yo, this is what happened. And... How you know we got to figure out how to fix it? So I find that's the best way. That- like I, you cannot, you can't pretend. You the longer you wait, because then then you begin to play with someone's emotions. Correct. And if you in a if you in a if you in a relationship with somebody, right? They know you, so that's they right. know some shit going on. So <laughs> they heart beating just as fast as yours is until you say what the hell you gonna say. They like nigga, hurry up and say it. Like, <laughs> like Ooh, stop playing. Like, like get it out. <laughs> right. Get it out, and then, and then, depending on what it is, why are you performing like this for something that petty? Like, I right. think sometimes when we have those tough conversations. We are having those conversations based upon how I would receive it, not how they would receive it, or they have seen some shit in motion for a while and just waiting on you to have a conversation about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's some of the stuff, particularly when you're in this relationship, your partner look at you and know when you when you're doing fucked up shit. Yeah, right. They know when you, when you, in the words of one of my, um, they know when your pattern changes. Uh-huh. They know when you hiding something. Yep. So is this a matter of when you're going to be um, an accountable partner and tell me what's yeah. going on so we can figure out how to move forward? And that's something I, I know I had to learn um, because I guess for me. Yo, what example did you have? Uh, like, real talk, what example did you have? It was... Um, Lack of happiness what with a job, right? And no, no, no. What I'm saying is, what example? Like a lot of this stuff we're talking about, our family foundationally didn't have the, the, the capacity. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, to to, to get it out. Like yeah, uh huh. So like this, so this is all new terrain. This is like first generation new mm. for me, right? This is like I'm an look. I'm an immigrant in this 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 style of think because I wasn't raised to raised think that way. way. Yep. You know, I wasn't raised to effectively communicate. Mm-hmm. 
I wasn't raised to tell people how I feel. And I, and I was raised to give two fucks what people think. Correct. So all of this is new. And then I, I, I think in some ways, even, even when you trust your partner inherently, there's still a part of you that, that feels like I'm not sure if, of, of two things. One, if I want to burden you with something that may or may not be necessary or two, I don't know if you'll handle it well. So I got to protect me. Well, you know, I come from the school of thought. I'm never like the thing that, the thing that, annoys me more than anything else. How the fuck you gonna let somebody in the street know some shit about you? Before I do. And then your partner don't know. Right. And then when your partner know, everybody around you know, and the person that you have sworn allegiance to is to know they're looking stupid. That's fucking disrespectful. I understand That shows you that don't value, don't love, and don't respect them. Yeah. That's a word, bro. So, (laughs) I mean, I'm just saying, yo, like, this is, I believe when you start talking about like life and foundation building, this is one of like foundation is concrete. You know, mm-hmm. this is one of the, this is the water to the concrete that's going to shore up. It's how to have a fucking conversation when it's heated. Right. Right. And, and not calling motherfuckers, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes that's gonna happen, bro. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, care. I don't care how much dirt you're standing in, man. <laughs> but, but I don't. I'm not saying it from the standpoint of don't use the language, right? I'm saying it from the standpoint of your defense mechanism can't be motherfucker, right? Can't be a, a character attacks. Can't be denigrating language, right? Right, right. That's not. You can't defend your honor or your position. By, you know, carrying on. I, that's all I'm saying. Yep. Like, you got to use your words. You got to use your words. Got to use your words. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. And, when we, oh, uh, finish it up, bro. One more thing. Yep. And there's a difference between what you say and what they hear you say. Mm, you right. <laughs> you right. <laughs> Hello, somebody. You right because you could say one thing, and six years later, remember you called me? No, I didn't. <laughs> remember you said I ain't never said it. <laughs> mm-mm, mm-mm, not at all. That's what you heard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's take a quick break, and and this is a powerful question in preparing and preparing for this episode, and I love the way you frame this. Do you really want the truth, or do you want me to tell you what you want to hear? We'll take mm. we'll take a break, and we'll be right back. Ain't nothing out here. Ain't nothing out here and we're back and we're talking about tough conversations in relationships. Uh, you just got finished us kind of back and forth on uh, the, the example you try to set and the ways you preserve space and preserve positivity, even in tough dialogue. Now, here's the moment of truth question. Do you really want the truth or do you want me to tell you what you want to hear? I'm so glad I was able to frame that question for this segment. <laughs> <laughs> because that is... Uh, if you answer that question correctly, honestly, yep. If you answer that question honestly, I believe that most people want you to tell them what they want you to hear. Yeah. I would rather, to be honest, I would rather hear what I want to hear. That's a fucking 
But put, you got to put your big boy pants on. Yes, right? correct. And at the end of now, the day, like, absolutely, because you going you gonna learn like, the truth at some point. Like, <laughs> like, real talk, real talk, real talk, real talk, real talk. I want you to tell me what I want to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because nobody wants bad news. That's right? correct. Nobody wants no one. Nobody wants to hear the conversation surrounding your sex life, your um, appearance, your 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 appearance, your your friend groups, yep. your drive, your ambition. You don't want to hear that. But mm-hmm. at the end, look, after a day of reflecting, <laughs> you got to tell the truth. You got to have it. If I'm in the relationship and we have decided to do this thing together, mm-hmm. If you can't tell me the truth, who can? Who can? And that's one thing I learned in therapy is. Do you think that these people, this person. Whether that's in your romantic relationship, you know, a relative or friendship is trying to hurt you, because if that's true, then that's a relationship you need to jettison. If not, then you have to examine why. Why is it you're trying to protect yourself? From somebody who, as you said, has sworn allegiance to you. So, I think, right, we gravitate towards the affirmation that we desire. Yeah. So, when you are talking to people in the Genesis, right, if they're telling you things you want to hear, tick mark up. Mm-hmm. Tick mark up, tick mark up. And then they've told you this stuff for so long that it becomes, in your mind, truth. But in their mind, they know they've been lying to you. So the question becomes, like, how can you ever be balanced again when someone someone has continuously told you misinformation? Now, let me ask you this question. What happens if your partner doesn't easily compliment or cheerlead, but very easily offers harsh, well, not harsh, but tough, tough love? So can you effectively balance that if you have a partner who's not a big cheerleader, does not go walk in every day and say, oh, baby, you're the best. That's just not their personality. But they want to tell you hard truths all the time. Do you think that that changes the dynamic of hearing it? I think oh, that's an interesting question. I would say that's what you signed up for. That's exactly. one. Right. That's that behavior has been consistent if that's what you signed up for. Mm-hmm. Right? So I for me, I would have a hard time. I don't mind criticism. Mm-hmm. But at some juncture, what the fuck am I doing right? What am I doing right? Right. Like at the end of the, if you man, if you if you're always if you're always if you could if you are a constant glass half empty, then that is some internal issue that you got to figure out. Right. Because at some juncture, unless you're just so fucked up, and this person is look, this person is the only person that is giving you the time of day, but it's not healthy to be in a situation with well. Um, 
in which a person can't give you positive affirmation. And then you have to learn to accept the positive affirmation when you hear it. It can't fly over your head. And then you say, you never say nothing loving to me. You never say anything positive to me. Because a lot of times when you reflect, but, but, people compliment all the time. That, you just didn't hear it the way you wanted to hear it. But that's the, the Stockholm Syndrome, right? Mm. Like, literally, at the end of the day, someone always, you know, this person that you are committed to is telling you negative shit all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what you're accustomed to, right? And then when you hear something positive, you don't really hear it because you're so accustomed to hearing negative stuff. So if they're talking positive to, to you, it goes over your head. And the only thing you, you're paying attention to the negative the negative words or phrases, or once they say positive things to you, what's wrong? <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> right. What, what, what you do? What happened? Like, what happened? Right. You know what I'm saying? So I think that this, this is the challenging thing about the messiness of relationships is because you got to figure out a balance. You got to bless. You got to be in a position to bless someone, but you also got to be in a position to correct someone. Mm-hmm. And, in a healthy situation, there's a balance between the two. There's a balance between, yo, this is an issue versus you're the greatest in the world. What's the what's the difference? And you can always be the greatest. In, huh? Oh, go ahead. Finish that. And you can always be the greatest in the world with issues. Right. In my word, you're the greatest. You're the greatest. You know exactly. I mean? Exactly. What's the difference in you when you are doing the confronting or when you're being confronted, how does your demeanor change? How does your um, body language change, your defensive level? Are you a different person when you're on the opposite sides of a tough conversation? I absolutely. When you own the giving in of a tough conversation, you are sure of yourself. <laughs> you, you are prepared to go to battle. Uh, you, you, you look. You got your talking points down. You got your war clothes on. (laughs) You got everything together to sit over here and say, I told you. I knew it. You know what I'm saying? Or or that was fucked up. Right. Right. However, (laughs) however, when you on the receiving end, you in defense mode. Like you, you know, it's like, you you know, your tail's tucked between your legs. If, okay, let me back this up. And I say all of this, if, you are truly valuing the person that you are talking to mm-hmm. when they are presenting you with this. You are, you know, and you are, you know, you're wrong. Yeah. You know, you are in defense mode. You are listening for me. I'm listening, but I'm not listening because I'm ready to say, but I'm listening to defend. Exactly. Right, right. Yep. So I will say, and that's still a, you know, I still have to, that's still something I need to work on that I have, I have gotten better. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm, cause even if you 99.998% right, mm-hmm. that 0.0002 find it, is going to biggest point zero zero two, <laughs> and I'm a Donald Trump your ass <laughs> and blow your whole situation up the water. I'm going to find that point oh two. And we gonna talk about that. <laughs> we gonna dwell on and that, man. Thing, and that's the only thing we gonna talk about. Yep. Right. But I look. I say all this on this podcast. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's healthy. I mean, look at look at how 
Do you think age has something to do with it? Because I do. I feel like I, the older I get, the better I get at accepting that stuff, at accepting criticism, at delivering the tough conversation, at hearing stuff like, yo, man, you you know, you really didn't handle that well. It's, it's not so much like, man, I can't believe you hurt me. It's more like, man, I appreciate that. I almost feel I, like it's I, only I, something I, age can teach you or only age can give yeah, you. I think I think it's age. It's experience. Mm-hmm. It's exposure. And it's, you know, commitment. Yeah. Because, like, you know, in your frame of reference, if you're committed to this person, even if you got to take an L. Yeah. Because this person is so emotionally attached to this situation and you got to take an L, you still won. Yep. Because even if you were a little bit wrong, not a lot wrong, but a little bit wrong, and that's how they felt, you can't discredit that feeling. Because, and if you know that that's what's going on and you still dog it. You just ain't in it. You ain't in it to win it. Right. Yeah. You were grimy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I think to your point of age and maturity, but I'm maturity and experience and exposure by the parts that, that can, you know, like I, I, you know, those old heads when you, when you were watching people or talking to people and they say sometimes you just got to nod yes, even though you nod no, even th- even though you know it's a yes. Yeah. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do to keep the peace. To keep peace. Amen. Especially you if you know, know it's think- not a big deal. Like this isn't a break. <laughs> this isn't a make or break situation for the yeah. home or the relationship. I'm of the mindset, right? And I'll say this. Life happens to everyone. Mm-hmm. Life is going to happen over and over and over again, right? But I'm of the mindset, you either in it or you ain't. Mm -hmm. And as long as you can have conversations and, you know, your boundaries are established, you good. You'll always be good. I'm not saying you're going to be good all the time in that moment, but overall I believe you're good. Amen. Because that's that's the part of the com- that's the part of being able to have these crucial tough conversations. It's like yeah, oh, oh, because guess what? After the conversation, you may need to adjust boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know, you may need to you know figure some additional things out so you can continue to maintain healthy boundaries. And always with the realization, like in the end, we still gonna be together. If that is your if that is your mindset, mm-hmm. like, I don't think, I think the, the cool thing about, I think our podcast is our mindset is, and we still, and, live, and we still and we together. together. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And it don't, you know, and I think those are the things that are important. Yep. You know, you know, like as long as, you know, there are some non-negotiables such as like, you know, domestic abuse, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Physical abuse, things like that, yeah. you know, but anything else you should, you know, you can work through. You can work through it. Let's take one more quick break. We'll be right back with the affirmation. Ain't nothing out here. We'll be right back.
Ain't nothing out here. We will wrap up this conversation, which I gotta say went by quickly, um, because it appears like both both of us have been on the tail end of (laughs) hearing some shit we didn't want to (laughs) hear. So we had a Uh, we had a testimony. But but you have to like if you ain't if ain't if your if your partner ain't text you and y'all ain't been in nothing. You ain't been in nothing, right? Like you still green. (laughs) But you know, but to this point, um. You know, one of the things I, you know, like one of the things I think um, is important is your ability to recall, you know, childhood memories mm-hmm. and see the value in them today. And in this reflection, um, I'm just highlighting something that my grandmother used to say and how I see that conversation um, in my lived experience today. Um when I was a kid, my great-grandmother said half a loaf was better than no loaf at all. To put this phrase in context, she was referring to relationships. Many of my family members took that to mean some of someone was better than none of no one. As I've gotten older, I understand what my great-grandmother was saying. In her own way, she was, she was explaining the 80-20 rule. Whomever you decide to be in relationship with you must understand they are not going to be 100% of everything. To that point, don't be afraid to talk about boundaries, values, and hard no items. Mm-hmm. But also, don't be afraid to explore with your partner what is explorable, and only you know that. I believe the work is important because ain't nothing out here. It ain't. So love what is lovable and fix what is fixed. That's a word, bro. That's a word, man. And we appreciate everybody out here listening. Thank you so much for your support. Ain't nothing out here, man. We'll be back next week with another great episode, hopefully. See you next time. Peace. Yes, sir.